Hi everyone. Well, if you've been following along with our preaching series, you will realize that we are in the middle of the Gospel of John and in a really significant part of the text where Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit um, to give his disciples um, some hope and some encouragement as they get towards a season where he's going to be resurrected and, and no longer be with them physically. Uh, so we thought it would be helpful to field some questions from people um, and start a bit of a discussion around the Holy Spirit. Um, obviously, there's three parts of the Trinity. You've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Uh, but often God the Spirit is one which isn't as tangible to people here and now, and people aren't um, as sure how to interact with the Holy Spirit in the same way they might God the Father and God the Son. So we thought we would have a bit of a conversation around some of those issues and answer some questions that came through from the congregation as we are working through this section of the Gospel of John. So we're going to break this series up into three parts. So it's the first section today where we're going to be focusing on who is the Holy Spirit and some of the questions that came through on that particular topic. I should introduce these two. We've got the lead pastor at Canterbury Gardens Community <laughs> Church here, Shabu, that many of you will be familiar with. And then we've also got our young adults pastor, um, Campus, and then your, What's your lowly ministry support worker um, here. <laughs> the so peasant among us. We are working through. We're going to be discussing this now. It's not the three wise people who are going to just give their answers to all these things. It's actually about starting a dialogue about some of these issues. And um, I think it would be great if we picked up on some of these topics and small group leaders might even want to continue the dialogue in your small group setting. But this is just an opportunity to explore some concepts and some things that issues that people have raised so we can start a conversation about it. First question, we're going to throw it over to Shabu. One question that came through is, why do you think our denomination has typically struggled with identifying with the Holy Spirit in the way that others do? Um, others experience miraculous gifts or events. Is that a lack of faith on our behalf? Um, great question. Uh, so Shabu, do you want to kick off the conversation? A couple of things came to mind straight away. One, to understand what our denomination is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably, probably too general. Like I don't want to speak for a whole denomination. Mm -hmm. um, specifically for our church. Um, our church has had a long history. Um, I think the first thing comes is probably there's a theological framework, an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and his role. And so we'll have different extremes on it. So there'll be people on one pendulum and there'll be others and we, we're somewhere in between maybe. Um, but we as a church do believe in the Holy Spirit. It's actually in our statement of faith. Um, you can read that. It starts with we believe that the Holy Spirit is co-equal with the Father, Son and his ministry is to glorify Christ, convict people of sin, righteousness, and judgment, regenerate the believing sinner, and at the point of conversion, baptize those who believe into the body of Christ. Um, so we do believe in the Holy Spirit. I guess the question I'm trying to understand behind that is um, probably there's been a sense of his role in our lives. There's probably been a sense of fear on what that would look like, partly because maybe... Um, there's been exposure to bad theology around his role. Uh, I think as long as I've been at Canterbury, um, we probably haven't done as a good job in the teaching of his role. Um, my guess is when we sing songs about him, when we think about teaching, we probably don't focus as much as who he is and what he does. Um, and then uh, maybe even trying to understand what does it actually look like to model um, biblically the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So. Maybe those are some of the things why we, we probably have struggled. Um, but one of the great joys has been over the last few years, seeing um, brothers and sisters from different denominations come into our church family and trying to help us through, think through some of that. So we've had people from you know, Pentecostal background, Baptist, Anglican, wherever, 
Um, and so that I think will help shape maybe going ahead. Um, and I guess the question about when you're seeing is the Holy Spirit and the miraculous stuff, um, I don't think it's anything to do with faith. Um, I do believe that the Holy Spirit's at work. Um, we have seen things like miraculous happen. Uh, it might just not be up the front in the sense of prayer as we pray for people. Um, we have seen people heal. We've also seen people say, uh, God say no to that. Yeah. Um, and just picking up on that, Shabs, I was thinking as I looked at it, um, when you look at, you know, if you looked at the New Testament, what's one of the more immature churches in the New Testament? It was Corinthians. And then what was the church that was experiencing a lot of the more manifestations of the Spirit? It was also Corinthians. And, and I think there can be this thing that we do where we think more miraculous gifts equal more maturity, when that's not actually... The case, I don't think, Paul usually actually talks about love being the, the sign of a mature faith and, and growing in, in those type of things rather than miraculous gifts equaling maturity in the faith. Yeah. Um, so that was just something I was picking up. I don't think it's like, like what you said, I don't think it's to do with faith yeah. um, and the greatness of your faith. Yeah. And, I, and the other thing, there is the biggest miraculous thing that has happened because of the Holy Spirit. He's convicted us of our sin. He's given us eternal life. Um, Holy Spirit, he, that's a miracle in itself. So that's probably a couple of things. I don't know, Paul, you've been around for a while at Canterbury. Mm. So I guess maybe yeah, what your thoughts, experience? Yeah. Well, some, well, sometimes I wonder whether you feel like we're not necessarily alone in people struggling to identify with the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure that's something that's quarantined to our denomination, even other denominations where they... Um, Put a real focus on the Holy Spirit and maybe more a focus on those things that are typically associated with the miraculous like mm -hmm. prophecy and and healing and those sides um, you I would assume and I would expect I'd be shocked if there isn't a number of people in within those denominations as well who still mm -hmm. struggle to identify the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. even though they're potentially um, around it in a more confronting way mm -hmm. um, I think humanity generally probably struggles to identify with holy the holy spirit as opposed to god the father mm. and god the son mm. just because you're around potentially miraculous things doesn't necessarily make it mm. easier to identify mm. you've just got different issues to wrestle with yeah. with the holy spirit now you've got to wrestle with well is what i'm seeing truly the work of the spirit or is it other stuff mm. you know is it good is it is it bad is it the word of man is it the word mm. of god and and there's a lot of issues that you've got to wrestle with in connection with that. So I think I wouldn't say it's, it's our denomination which struggles to identify with it. I think it just looks different in our denomination mm -hmm. to what it would in other denominations, um, probably because the emphasis that we emphasize in our denomination will be different from the roles of the Holy Spirit that might get emphasized in other, other denominations. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that struck me in the Gospel of John is you see the Holy Spirit having so many different roles. It's mm -hmm. teacher. It's helper, it's guide, it's counsellor, but it's also the giver of power. Mm. You receive power and um, you receive the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses. And mm. different aspects of those roles, I feel like, are emphasised in different denominations. But each person individually, irrespective of your denomination, yeah. I think has to wrestle with how they yeah. identify and interact with the Holy yeah. Spirit. I think we need to acknowledge as well, and this comes from every sort of experience that we've grown up with, um, that because... Um, the role of the Holy Spirit and his um, purpose in our lives and how he empowers us. Um, the flip side to it is sometimes there's been teaching um, both on, on either side that hasn't been helpful. So either it's been teaching of being fearful of anything that seems a bit wacky or weird or miraculous 
uh, or uh, the other side, it's all about that. Um, and um, hopefully by God's grace, we can be a church that stays faithful to what he wants us to do. So moving on to the, on the next topic then, which maybe builds on a little bit about this idea of who the Holy Spirit is. I think when you say the Holy Spirit or you talk to, talk to people about the Holy Spirit, some people might see it as a kind of force mm. that they need to understand and, and um, tap into. Um, other people might see it as a person. When you talk about as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons in one. Um, so maybe... Cam, did you want to kick us off in terms of whether you would describe the Holy Spirit as a force or as a person? Can I just say from the outset that I always knew that people spoke about the person of the Holy Spirit, and I thought it was kind of weird to talk about the person and it was also a spirit, so I found that a bit confusing. Um, but, but I guess for me, um, looking into it more, you see that the Holy Spirit is very personal. It's not necessarily you're putting a body on the Spirit, making the Spirit flesh, but you're actually seeing that the Spirit... Uh, is personal with us. So it's interesting that the Bible talks about, you know, that you can grieve the spirit, that it can actually, um, we can hurt the spirit, we can actually um, uh, be comforted by the spirit. Um, those sorts of things, I think, personify the spirit rather than anything else. And just the fact that the spirit, you know, it talks about in um, Romans, the spirit praying for us um, when we don't know what to pray for and that he knows our hearts. And that's a very intimate, personal thing. So I think it's helpful if we think of the spirit like that, because mm. even in terms of our own prayer life, we can pray to the spirit. We can know that the spirit is actually alongside us and it's not just some mystical, impersonal force. Um, mm. So I think I'm growing in how to, how to see the spirit as a person rather than as a force. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. So maybe should we building on that then, what would you say in your mind, what are some of the key differences between people who might see the Holy Spirit as a force and people who might see the Holy Spirit as a person? Um, I think when, when people consider the Holy Spirit, him more as a, a force, um, he seems quite distant. Mm. He, he, does, he seems quite far away, impersonal, like Cam was saying. Um, and it's sort of like this weird being, uh, kind of like Star Wars out there that, mm -hmm. that, 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 that you know, controls things and if you say this thing in a particular way or do this thing in a particular way then his role is mm. while as the person uh, who lives in us who seals us he is grieved he convicts us of sin he mm. there's, there's roles that he does um, and particularly the big role is to point us to Jesus so. mm. yeah I think there was a great summary I heard um, in a podcast earlier in the week where they talked about a force maybe leaning people towards a transactional type relationship yeah. with the Holy Spirit and seeing the Holy Spirit as a person leans you more towards a relational um, interaction with the Holy Spirit. You know, are we just coming to the Holy Spirit to, to get something out of that interaction, to get a healing, to get a word from God, to get guidance on whether we should pursue that work opportunity or not? Or are we engaging with that Holy Spirit as in a relational way, in the same way that we would God the Father and God the Son, um, and recognizing the Trinitarian aspect mm. to it? One question that, that came through, which builds on this idea of person versus force, is a question that was simply, how are we meant to personify um, a spirit? Mm. So if it is a Holy Spirit, I think you touched on this before, Cam, mm. but maybe just recognizing us in our day-to-day -day life, in practical terms, how do we go about personifying mm. the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit? Well, I mean, 
I, I'll go back to the passage I recently actually spoke on because it was a new insight for me that, that um, Jesus talked about another, another helper um, so that this spirit is actually meant to be mm. like Jesus himself. Yeah. And I think that's helpful mm. for me to, to actually think about going about my day-to-day life um, that, you know, like Jesus was a helper to the disciples, I have the spirit who's a helper to me. And so that, that automatically makes me think of the Holy Spirit as a more personal mm-hmm. being rather than distancing. Um, so I think that's, that's been something that's good for me. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anything to add? No, I think that was a good summary. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think often it does come down to your perspective a little bit. Yeah. And do you, do you engage with the Holy Spirit in a way where you are expecting and engaging with a relationship? Yeah. Or are you engaging with it in a transactional sense? The one yeah. thing I'll probably say there's this story in Acts of Ananias and Sapphira, and they, and, um, the judgment on them is you've lied to the Holy Spirit. So there's a personal thing. And so I think something that comes to mind for me personally is just, do I talk to him? Mm. I might talk to Father, I'm praying to the Father, praying to the Son. Um, but do I say, hey, Holy Spirit, can you help me today? Can you empower me? Mm. So that's sort of personalizes. Yep. Mm, it's amazing how you see that in the Holy Spirit. I've been looking at the book of Acts and when it's talking to the church at Antioch and the leaders gather together and it says that they... Um, prayed and fasted Mm. and then it said the Holy Spirit Mm. said set apart for me Paul and Barnabas and Mm. they get sent on their first missionary journey so Mm. you know often we assume God is doing the talking or Jesus is doing the talking Mm. you know you look in the book of Acts Holy Spirit is doing the talking Um, so it's something we can bear in mind as well in terms of who's leading and guiding us Um, next question uh, that came through is whether there are ways recognizing the Trinitarian aspect of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Are there ways that we can see the Holy Spirit sometimes as being somehow subordinate or lesser than God the Father and God the Son? Maybe, Cam, did you want to touch on whether there any thoughts on that topic? Yep. Yeah, well, it's an interesting thing. I think, I think in practice, I think sometimes we... We probably, as we've touched on, we, we probably feel the relationship more between the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. And so I think in that way we can treat the Holy Spirit like a bit of an add-on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I was thinking also that, that um, one of the things that, that maybe sometimes we draw this from the fact that there are different roles within the Trinity. And this is something that I don't pretend to understand. But even the fact that you know, um, the Father talks about handing the kingdom over to Jesus and then Jesus is going to hand it back to the Father and... Jesus says the Father is greater than I, and then and so there's these differing roles in the Spirit, where it's not the Spirit is necessarily lesser than, but he yeah. but he has a particular helping role that is different than what the Father has, um, yeah. who seem to have the authority, and and so somehow they're all still God, but they still have different roles. Mm, yeah. um, but in saying that, I think we still definitely can lessen the Spirit's role um, and not and think it's just the add-on as well. So yeah, yeah, that's good. Last question before we wrap up this part of our the first um, attempt at this roundtable discussion on who is the Holy Spirit. Um, this one. When we get to heaven, will we see the Holy Spirit? Shabs. Oh, you'll hear me. Okay. I'm looking at you. <laughs> will you see the Holy Spirit? I haven't been to heaven. heaven. I haven't had an experience. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> the context around that, I think the question, just to fill it out, I said, I understand when I get to heaven, you know, I expect to see Jesus in heaven and God on the throne. How does the Holy Spirit... Mm suddenly wow. has become less relevant in heaven. Do we see God in the throne? 
I, that's not my question. <laughs> Do we? Whoever asked that? I don't so, know. I guess, so I guess, I mean, I can only go by what I think scripture reveals to yes. us. And from what I can tell, at least in, in particularly in passages like in Revelation in particular, you do have images and pictures, real pictures of Jesus as the, um, you know, the one who's risen, the, the, mm. the one who everyone's bowing down to. The closest thing that we have description of, like in Revelation 4, for example, is speaking of the glory of the Father, like this picture. So we don't physically, because mm. on one sense you've got to remember the Father and Spirit are spirit, like they're not physical, like anything of the physical representation of who God is, is Jesus. So I think in heaven, um, I think it's all around, centered around Christ. I mean, that's the picture in Revelation 1, for example, all the seven churches are around Christ as the lampstand, you know, so that, that's, that's a picture. So the image is there. So. Um, is the spirit like somehow we don't believe in three gods mm -hmm. I don't think from what I can tell in Revelation there's not necessarily a sense the spirit somehow is there on the throne and then there's the father and then mm -hmm. the son's right in the middle or something there's no mm -hmm. image like that yep. it's very clear Christ so what is that going to look like um, scripture doesn't fully reveal it at this stage mm -hmm. um, just going by what I can see particularly in Revelation it seems as images constantly yeah. around Jesus so, I mean, maybe building on that, Cam, did you have any thoughts on how the Holy Spirit would still be relevant to us in heaven? Yeah, well, I mean, again, I, I was thinking about this a bit, and I don't, stick, sticking to what the Bible says, it doesn't talk a lot about the Spirit's role uh, in heaven uh, with us, but um, it is an interesting point, like, just jumping on the back of what Shabu said about how Jesus uh, became flesh, and that he's actually still a man, um, even now in his risen form. And so yeah. there is a difference again there between the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. The Son is unique in that role that he's man and God, even after him he's risen. And so, um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't, nothing comes to my mind particularly about the Spirit's role once we reach heaven, because I don't think we have too much that's revealed um, yeah. in the yeah. Bible about that. Yeah. 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 But I guess we can be sure that the Holy Spirit will be present still in heaven, yes. what that looks Definitely like we can't see. You've still got God the Father, God the Son, you've got yep. God the Holy Spirit, He is who He is, three persons in one, that won't change. Yep. But exactly what that looks like, um, we'll find out when we're in glory, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 We'll let yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a reminder that His main focus, as we've been learning with John, is in this season, uh, is to be that helper who is convicting people of their sin, who's, who's helping the believer to live for Christ, to abide in Christ in this season. It's a good segue to the role of the Holy Spirit section. <laughs> Which is coming up next. <laughs> so the second part of the role of the Holy Spirit. So I hope this um, initial discussion on who is the Holy Spirit has been helpful to you. So if you're interested in the role of the Holy Spirit, then tune in for the next part too. Bless you guys. Thanks. Our rain's really annoying. I know. Yeah. That's going to be really...